It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition? Conversation was in. Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to AM 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talk to a man whose name is Bradley Jay. Improve my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in to see what condition conversation was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. WBZ, hello, Rob Brooks. You're Jay talking. We're live midnight to five. I'm my Friday self, which is a slightly different self. And I actually ran on the treadmill, so there's that. The, the running on the treadmill self, slightly different as well. I like, I like walking. And when, I, when I walk, I feel great. But it's dangerous out there. It's competition for space. Competition with now uh, electric scooters, with bicycles, with electric bicycles, and with cars. And we pedestrians need people sticking up for us. And we do have such a person, such an organization. Brendan Kearney is here. He's the communications director for Walk Boston. And I just think it's so cool. There's, and there's an organization like that. Is Brendan, does every city have something that cool? Is there one in every city? There are pedestrian advocacy organizations all over the country. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Is there a national organization? There is. There's something called America Walks. And they have a great website where you can find an uh, organization near you. All right. So you're a walker. How much do you walk? I walk to the bus every single day. That's it. That's it. I mean, no, I'm also a runner too, and okay. I, you know, I walk. You're a pedestrian, big time. Big time. How did you I, get I'm involved? I'm a professional there? pedestrian, I would say. How did you get? Yeah, that's right. How did you get this job? Is this something you you sought out? Uh, I was actually volunteering through the Charles River Conservancy a number of years ago. Um, I was helping out with a campaign to get better intersections along the Charles River. We were really pushing for underpasses mm-hmm. as they were redesigning a number That'd of That would be something. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. It was excellent, you know, for runners. So I was doing it with a, a friend of mine who he runs with the Cambridge Running Club and I ran with the Somerville Road Runners. And we were encouraging other runners to contact their elected officials. Wouldn't it be something if there were, somebody came up, like a, the new Einstein came up with some way to eliminate all intersections somehow? Wouldn't that be something, some uh, wormhole where you could just whew, go over, under, something like that. Now, your organization does a number of things. One, number one is pedestrian safety. Talk about that. Yeah. Um, Reduce it, the number of walkers killed, a lot of walkers killed. In, in Massachusetts, there's over 70 people that are hit and killed by cars every single year. How many hit and runs? Hit and runs. This year already, there have been one, two, three, four. At least seven fatal crashes yeah. that were hit and runs. We'll talk about that a little more. It seems to it doesn't seem to 
elicit the reaction that it used to. It seems to almost to be no big deal, a hit and run. Because there's that case that, that you supplied me that where the guy said, it happens all the time. Just the bad luck that I was driving. Can you believe that? We'll get to that more. Yeah. You, you uh, try to build walkable communities. Talk about how you do that. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of different ways, but working with cities and towns, um, because Walk Boston does work all across Massachusetts. We've worked in over 125 communities to date. Um, and a lot of that is working with people that live in these cities and towns and you know have problems where they just need a little advice about how to work with their you know transportation department or their planning department and department of public works to get crosswalks repainted or get a crosswalk put where it goes where it should go where people are crossing the street you know the desire line um because a lot of the times whoever set up the streets didn't necessarily know what the street was going to look like and what the development patterns were going to be along the street. So maybe all of a sudden there's now a grocery store and um. across the street, there is a transit stop. So instead of walking half a mile down the street to the intersection where there's a crosswalk and a light, people are going to cross to get to the bus stop when they see the bus. Right. So, you know, working with communities to, to get crosswalks in the right places. Speaking of that. Yeah. People, the crosswalks are at intersections, but I feel that intersections are dangerous and maybe crosswalks should not be at intersections because there's always that person turning factor. If you're coming behind you and turning left as mm -hmm. you're walking, where it, if you're not at an inter intersection, that doesn't happen. You can see no one's coming, no one's coming. Do you ever have, do you ever recommend that crosswalks are not at intersections? Well, mid-block crosswalks are, are great too because you know a lot of the times, Blocks are very long, and there are destinations right in the mid-block where you want to cross. Yes. Age-friendly walking. Policies and practices and increased safety for children and, and older adults, such as? Well, actually, uh, just tomorrow, we have uh, a couple of our staff members are heading out to Western Mass to Egremont um, to work with a, a number of seniors and the Age Commission out there on age-friendly walking. We did a pilot this past year in the city of Boston with the Age Strong Commission that was funded through the Tufts Health Plan Commission, uh, Tufts Health Plan Foundation. And it focused a lot on meeting with seniors in three neighborhoods in Boston, in the South End, East Boston, and Mattapan Square to talk to them and see what their needs were. What'd you come up with? What was, what a, was some a of lot of the needs were we need more places to sit, so we need benches, and we need more shade. That's so right, shade. Yeah. I mean, especially in the summer that we're having right now. Tree. That's right. Walking, I walked in Jamaica Plain. Jamaica Plain has trees, but a lot of them are stubby. There's not a lot of shade in JP. Are mm. you feel, are you, do you feel that? The sun beats down in JP. Yeah, I mean, it, about it depends where day. you are, right? I was over the Green Street stop on, on the T. Mm-hmm. And I suppose uh, curbs, uh, maybe it's important to have curbs without big steps Yeah. for people who maybe have need assistance, they have a walker or something, mm -hmm. so you have a, a graded ramp down. Yep. And then uh, you talk about transit connections, promote safe walking connections to transit uh, statewide. What do you mean by that? How does that 
work? Well, if you think about it, you can really live car free or car light when you have, you know, safe walking and uh, transit that works for you right. or your schedule, you know, fast, frequent, and reliable. Um, all those things are, are integral. Do you work with the MBTA? We do work with the MBTA on a lot. Are you excited about the new cars on the orange, red, and green lines? Have you seen it? It was all over my Twitter feed. I haven't seen them in person. I, I saw the orange line scoot by in a test. It just looks so futuristic. And I've seen a green line train, too. I can't wait. Yeah, I, there's... I just, uh, I, I think, think I, on the weekend I might just go out and stay at one stop all day. <laughs> well, I think a, a volunteer for, for Transit Matters actually created a uh, a tracker website. So if you go to the Transit Matters website, I think they have a link to it. But you, it will it knows it will where tell you where are. the new car on the line is. So if you wouldn't have to sit out there all day, that is you so could, cool. You could time it a little bit better. That's great. Yeah. So transit matters. Transit matters. And somewhere on there will be a link to this app yep. that somehow knows where the new cars are. Yes. The, the new cars have different GPS or? or well, it's things. actually because uh, MBTA makes their train information publicly available. So credit to the MBTA for that. Interesting, because on the, on the normal apps, you don't get to see the train number or which right. train it is. They could if they wanted. They could if they wanted. They and, make that information available. In this, in this case, they have done that. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, pretty neat. Walking policy and design influence project policy legislation. Do you talk to the legislators? Marky is uh, involved in in this kind of thing, right? Yeah, we do a lot more at the at the state level, like with our our local electeds, as opposed to at okay. the federal level. Um, Marky did um, propose a complete national complete streets act. Yeah, recently. I guess I can ask you right now. What's yeah. that? That's pretty. What do you, What does he mean by complete streets? So complete streets are making sure that streets are balancing all the needs of all the different types of users. You know, whether that's people walking, people biking, transit, and it can mean very different things for very different environments. So, say downtown Boston or sections of Boston, maybe a dedicated bus lane is the right idea for that street. Um, meanwhile, in, you know, uh, different, maybe a further out suburb, it makes more sense to, instead of having a dedicated bus lane, it makes more sense to have a bike lane there. So you or, take a look at the actual conditions on the ground yeah. and tailor the transportation to the situation instead of a one size fits all. The situation that's there and also the situation where you want to be headed. So you wouldn't, you know, th think about you wouldn't build a bridge in an area um, based on the number of people that are already crossing that river there. But you want people to be crossing the river here, so we're, we're going to build a bridge. I see it. So. You try to uh, design where people go by how, what you supply to them. Yep. And, and also it's, you know, say you have a school nearby and you want more people to be walking and biking their kids to school or letting the kids walk and bike to school must be a themselves. great job because it's so it's so valuable so mm -hmm. important folks i you know i talk about walking quite a lot and you respond that you walk if if you have any issues where you walk i'd love to know about it them those issues share your issues what's the problem too much traffic not enough lighting no sidewalk we had a guest on it was, it was very sad as her son was killed and an area that was no sidewalk. Wow. And uh, 
By the way, summer's over, just so you know. Uh, today was the last actual meteorological day of summer, meaning hot day. That is my prediction. And if there happened to be a hot day in September, then that's a hot day in fall. That's not summer. That's just how I'm setting things up. Brendan Kearney is here, communications director for Walk Boston, and a great communicator he is. What they do is make sure that the environment is as good as it can be for pedestrians and for the community. If you have an issue in your community that you think could be improved, I'd love to hear about it because I'd like to know the kind of issues that exist. No sidewalk, poor lighting, crosswalk problems, need a speed bump. You ready to take a call, Brendan? Yes. Let's first talk to Steve in New Jersey. Hello, Steve. Hey, how are you? Pretty great. Um, good. Uh, I'm calling about, uh, it's funny, but I heard you, Bradley, yesterday, yesterday or last night's show, talking about how many blind people you have. Well, I'm one of those, like, uh, uh, 20, 25 percenters. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, one of those partially sighted, as mm -hmm. they call it now, or legally blind, I'm le actually. So uh, one thing I uh, am a... Uh, very cautious of, but I'm I'm taking advantage of them more than much more than I used to. The as you mentioned a while ago, the mid-block crosswalks. I'm a big um, fan. Big fan. Yeah, I, I love that they're there, but uh, sometimes I'm a little concerned. Uh, you know that they're not really stopped, and that these people are going to go flying through. I don't know what the actual regulations are as a driver. You would know. Uh, you know, what are the actual regulations of, like, how far in advance of that stop, would, if you see pedestrians, are you supposed to slow? How does that work? Brendan? So, Steve, thanks for calling. Um, first off, uh -oh. where in New Jersey are you from? I'm in, uh, I live in Garfield now. I'm in northeastern New Jersey. I'm in the, in the New York City metro in New Jersey. Okay. I, I grew up in Haddonfield outside Cherry Hill, down in, down oh, in yeah, ex that's ex way exit four. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's funny because my town that I grew up in, East Patterson, Ben Elmwood Park, has a section of it called Cherry Hill. Oh, okay, that's that's <laughs> yeah. funny. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So so mid block crosswalks. So the real answer is it depends what state you're in. So the rule really? the rule in Massachusetts is that if you are in a crosswalk and it's a very long and wordy definition. It's if you are in a crosswalk and a person is driving and you are within 10 feet of their half of the way, they wow. need to yield to you. So Massachusetts okay. is basically a yield state. They're supposed to yield to you. I so believe even if you're on the sidewalk and the person's and you're on the the person coming the way that's closest to you, they need to stop, even if you're no, on the sidewalk. Technically, in Massachusetts, you need to have one foot in oh, you the do. crosswalk. Oh, okay. And then they're supposed to yield to you. Oh, okay. So what about yeah. this uh, yeah. 10 and, and feet in of... New Jersey, I believe it's oh. a, uh, a stop. I mean, well, where's they basically the have to rule? stop for you when you're... Basically, the 10-foot rule is if I'm crossing the street and say someone is uh, not in the, the lane that I'm crossing. Okay. They're on the, going the other direction. So you're, you're in the lane that they're going left. 
Oh, and they're right, going right. right. They yeah. really don't have so to stop. So they don't have to yield to me until I'm within 10 feet of their lane. That's not good. That's, it's just confusing. That's bad. It's, it's too much of a gray area. 10 yeah. feet, yeah, that's, feet. Uh, my, yeah, man, I like it here because there really isn't an actual stop. Yeah, so. in New Jersey, it is stop. You know, it, So it's more clear. If someone is in the crosswalk, you are supposed to stop. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just a, a well, weird gray area when really it should be. If someone's in the crosswalk, you should not hit them. Like you should stop your right. vehicle. So not so not yeah. all crosswalks have lights, right? Some they're just no. okay. Yeah. Hey, Steve. No, no. Yeah. When I walk, I wear bright orange. I look like a construction worker or a cop. Do you do that too? I would think it would be very sometimes, valuable. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes what I do is uh, I wear those, uh, you know, those uh, like the the green that green vest that the, a lot of the. Uh, Street workers yeah. using that. Yeah, yeah. I put that on a lot of times. And that, I figure, hey, if I can't see them well enough, they should be able to see me. Right. <laughs> As I was telling Brendan, I get much more respect and much more, well, much more respect in the crosswalks when I wear that. People will actually stop even as I approach the crosswalk when I'm wearing that, and they won't if I'm not wearing it. And I walk yeah, a lot, I, and I, I walk a lot at night, so... yeah. I think it'd be a big help. Why not, right? Yeah, it can't I, hurt. I mean, I, I yeah, think it's, I, I, yeah, I think it's I, pretty I context say, sensitive, I, right? So if, if you're yeah, walking a lot at night, and, it definitely makes sense. <laughs> Even in the day, and though, my, you're, my, you know, you're you're half blind, and so you can't see. You need them to see you. Yeah, and I find, by the way, too, not only that, it's kind of funny. Uh, a lot of times I'm in a store, and if I have that on, people think I work there. They want to know <laughs> if I could help them find something. <laughs> I know. I, f I feel like, actually, to tell you the truth, I feel like people will give me the benefit of the, of the doubt as far as just being a good guy and truthful and a stand-up dude if I'm wearing a vest. It makes yes. me look like a, yeah, you're a right. hardworking you're dude right. who's out there making a living and not some schlub. I feel like <laughs> I get credibility on a whole bunch of levels, not just in the crosswalk when I'm wearing the vest. When the MBTA no, right. worker know, sees I, me, they, I, they almost yeah. give me like a, hey, man, what's going on? Plus, I wear a T hat, by the way. And uh, if I go into a store, it's like, you know, this is a hardworking guy. He's not going to rip me off. <laughs> well, I, I know. Mean, I get the same thing, too. People, yeah, people do seem to have more respect if you have that on. So, what were it, you saying? It, it's funny you guys are both saying that because at the same time, it's still dangerous in certain roads, no matter what you're wearing. True. You know? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have something sitting here in front of me that um, the, the governor of Massachusetts had put out uh, a number of bills earlier this year, his legislative package. And one of the, the things they want to do is they want to be able to let MassDOT set up temporary mandatory speed limits in construction zones because 14 road workers were killed between 2009 and 2016 on state wow. roads and state highways, which is shocking wearing, to me. They're all wearing vests. They all are wearing, you know, vests to the T right, and, you right. know, uh, hard hats and everything. And there's flashing lights and police details. So that's, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we really need to slow down vehicles. I think that's. The <laughs> so they're, they're looking to slow down the, reduce the speed limit in construction areas. Yeah. And now it's not allowed. They, I believe they can put up, like, advisory signs. That's it? They're, they're uh, trying to tweak some of the legislation to make good. it safer for them. Well, Steve, we, gotta, we have to break now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Steve, thanks for calling. All right, thanks.
Take care, guys. Good call. Good call. Bye-bye. And I like anything like I always like talking about mid block crosswalks. Big fan. Big fan. We will continue. I'm going to give you the weather report, which is which I need to get from Rob, and uh, I, I bring that up because it's such good news. Great walking weather coming up. I've been not walking so much because of the sun, because of the heat, but I hope to get back into it. And uh, oh, I, I have to tell you, I have a walking app that tells me how far I walk. Big disappointment. I wasn't walking as far as I thought. I'll explain why, <laughs> uh, folks. I've been I've been misleading you accidentally. Let's go to Hugh in Brookline. Hugh. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Jay. How you doing? Hi, good. I, I wanted to uh, uh, bring up a point about there's something called the Fenway Yawkey multi-use path, and it goes... Um, it's next to the uh, Fenway D-Line station, and it's a right-of-way the MBTA owns. And if that were opened up, uh, people could uh, walk and uh, bike under Park Drive rather than having to go around into the uh, Sears Rotary and oh. end up on Brookline Ave. Can you talk, be, tell say again where this is? Because I'm, I'm there all the time. I, I'd love to. You know, oh, okay, where, where, so you know where the Carlton Street footbridge is? If you're going down down through the Riverway Park, on the Brookline side, you have the car, the, the Longwood T Station. Yeah. You have the Carlton Street footbridge, and then you have Park Drive. And just before you get to Park Drive, uh, there's a berm on the left. And if you go over the berm, you come to a an, an old right of way that the MDTA owns. It was part of the original uh, uh, railroad system, and it's empty. It's been empty for years. And uh, there's just gravel there, and it could be made into a uh, a path. Um, now it's it's in the, uh, the transportation improvement program, um, and uh, uh, there are three pieces to it. But this this piece is not funded, and the MBTA has not agreed to allow an easement. Wow! So Brendan, you've been you working on this? I know. Uh, hi, Hugh. I know that. Hi. Charlotte Fleetwood from BTD has Boston Transportation Department has brought this up before as um, a priority that they would love to work on. Um, well, I'm I'm bringing it up again, and uh, I'm I'm trying to get as much support as I can for it because it's a no-brainer. We had we had a bicyclist killed over in uh, on Brookline Ave. Uh, she was a, a Brookline librarian, and she was killed uh, a few months ago. And my guess is she wouldn't have had to be over there if she could have gone under Park Drive. Yeah, that was Paula Shiraga. She was mm-hmm. hit, she was hit and killed by a, a large vehicle right. in that intersection. Yeah. And I've I've been talking to Charlotte Fleetwood a, a little bit about it, but uh, I want to raise the uh, want to raise the heat on this. Yeah, and thanks for bringing that up. I think you know that whole intersection and that whole area is you know just another place. It's one of these great opportunities that you know these, these yeah. hidden hidden in plain sight connections right. and that's a short money fix compared to a lot of yeah, stuff and, that they're doing and, yeah yeah 
Uh, Mass DOT has already funded a little bit of it, and uh, uh, some uh, uh, the uh, Landmark Center uh, developer is funding more of it. And uh, this is really an easy an easy fix. Excellent. Thanks for pointing that out, Hugh. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. Well, all this building. I mean, it presents an opportunity in a way because they are re- reconfiguring stuff. They reconfigured that whole landmark center thing. Mm-hmm. They redid the Muddy River. Mm-hmm. And now they're reconfiguring that landmark and putting in the food, high-end food court. Man, I, this city is, is growing like crazy. And over there <coughs> by the firehouse over in Brookline Village, yeah. there's three buildings going up there. And and they're reconfiguring that's those streets as well. Yeah. Good opportunity to make sure that pedestrians get uh, their fair shake. Absolutely, and I think that's you know a re- really on all of us to make sure that when development is happening, that we're doing it right, and that we're making it right so people can safely walk, bike, take transit, and you know if they need a car, okay. That's fine, but these other things come first. All in all, I think Brookline does a pretty good job. They care about stuff like trees, shade, like you were saying. That's a real priority with them, and I give them credit. And um, I'm hoping that pedestrian safety will will remain a priority. Hey, we have Ralph in Maine. You're a very popular guy, Brendan. Hi, Ralph. Hey, Bradley. What's up? And hello to your guests there. Brendan. Hi. Hi, Ralph. Brendan. And you, um, I got a couple of things. The first thing, could I mention something about the interstate highway system? I guess. <laughs> if it if it relates getting, to getting, pedestrians. Uh, well, that, well, yes and no. Probably not. About yielding, getting on to the traffic. Okay, let's not. Um, <laughs> most people don't know how to yield. Okay. Fair enough. Now, getting, getting to the pedestrian thing has a little bit to do with the 95 is... The future of pedestrian safety is, I'm afraid you're going to have to keep pedestrians away from the traffic. If you really think about it, it is incredibly dangerous having cars and people close together. It doesn't mix. We've got to have better sidewalks that don't come near the traffic. Bigger, better, higher sidewalks that are like, kind of like a road. You know, we're not doing it right. We've got the people too close to the traffic. Just And, and bikes, driving with the traffic, you, they're gonna, you're going to die. If, you're going to get hit. Fair enough, Ralph. Or later. All good points. Appreciate it. We have a limited time, and we need to get to talking about shared space on sidewalks. We have. Well, I think Ralph was kind of. Ralph was getting there, get, so getting it makes it a good bit. time. Yeah, yeah. So you have bicycles. Yeah, bicycle lanes. The way I see it so far, there are three rivers for people to move. There's the sidewalk for pedestrians. There's the bike lanes, which be, should be for micro mobility, cars. Excuse me, sorry, bikes, and the new scooters. And then the streets would be for automobiles. My big beef is there's no one. Well, first the people are thoughtless, and they ride their bicycles and scooters on the sidewalk, which should be for pedestrians. Remember, there are people coming out of stores. There are babies. There are blind people. There are old people. And then and there's me. And you got bikes whipping by and scooters whipping by. No, they have bike lanes for that. We need enforcement. Enforcement is huge for me. Is it 
something that you guys are uh, keying on at all? To be honest, I would rather the streets be self-enforcing. <laughs> okay, and, and how what does I, that work? What I mean by that is that if someone is riding a bike or a scooter on a sidewalk, right? there's probably a reason for it, and I blame the street. I blame the car traffic. No, there's not always a reason for it at all. There's a perfectly good bike lane right there. <laughs> oh, okay. Empty. If there is a bike lane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking, because a lot of I'm the talking in Boston. Okay. Because a lot of the times, if you're seeing people up on the sidewalk, they either, first off, don't know that they're supposed to be in the street, or they feel unsafe in the street. So, well, there, there's a bike lane. In these instances that I'm talking about, because I point, there's a bike lane. <laughs> But they're just, you know, unaware or they're just, they don't have it together. There needs to be some, this is a, it gets harder after this, you know. Yeah. Pay attention. This is the city. This is for walking. This is a, your bike lane, which it was created at significant cost. Use it. So I understand if you want to blame the street and there's no bike lane. Well, it's also, but let's, let's think about the explosion of Uber, Lyft, and delivery services. Right. So all of a sudden, there are all these other uses that are trying to do drop-off somewhere. Our our curb regulations have not caught up to that. There's yeah, not we a, need regulations there's and not enforcement enough, of those. Not enough short-term loading zones. You know, I think that's a huge issue because then, if you're going to have UPS or Amazon Flex delivery drivers or your Uber Eats guy just running into a store real quick, they might be double parking in that bike lane. So it's not even clear for people to bike by, so they might end up on the sidewalk. As someone who works for Walk Boston, I sure don't want them up on the sidewalk. Right. As Maybe someone we who's need a to... bike person, though, you, you uh, understand, you empathize. I can definitely empathize for that. But, you know, maybe it's because we need to have a bike lane that isn't just a painted bike lane on the street. Oh, yeah, it I agree. It needs to be protected with flex posts or curbs and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think someone once described... Um, just like water, vehicles will find any possible place where it could park. Right. So just like water finds the lowest point, a vehicle will find any place it could possibly, a person will find a, any per, possible place they can leave a car. In Harvard Square, by the Brattle Theater, they used to have parking on the right and then two lanes of traffic. They moved the parking into the middle. Mm -hmm. And on one side of the cars, on the left, they have one lane of traffic and on the other side of the car is just a full lane for bicycles, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually a two-directional. You can go either. So it's a one-way oh, road okay. for cars, right. oh, so it's and a, then it's a two-way lane for bikes. So they took a, the full street width and divided yep. that into two lanes for bikes. Yep. So it, so it goes, you know, if you're looking at the road from left to right, mm -hmm. um, kind of a cross-section of it, it goes a parking lane, then the driving lane, then a parking lane and then a two-way bike lane. You know what's kind of underutilized? Maybe I brought this up last time you were here. In, in areas like the Back Bay, there are alleys, mm. which are under, underutilized. And you, you feel, I feel like those could be bike lanes, dedicated bike lanes, except for people who are going slow and they're parking there. Yeah. But I fix them up so people can bike through there. I don't know. They're, they're, no one's going through there. They're unutilized. They're, they're definitely underutilized. Um, the one thing about pushing bike lanes, you know, away from all the businesses is people want to go to those businesses. <laughs> so they want to they want to spend money in their businesses. They want to 
do their own shopping, run their errands. So we shouldn't shove everything off to the side, just like we want to make sure that there's sidewalks and okay, plenty of room for you, people to eat and drink so let's outside. let's think big. Let's think yeah. big. Sure. Those alleys, oh, the, the businesses have back doors under those alleys. Uh-huh. So they could make those doors actual doors where you could park your bike and go in the back bike way. <laughs> Most of the back doors go right into the kitchen. <laughs> oh, for restaurants. All right. So. <laughs> okay. It could get hairy real quick. I'm thinking long term, big <laughs> yeah, picture. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk real quickly to Tom in Medford, and we'll start with Rick and Marblehead. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, I've seen a lot of Boston in the decades I've been up here. It doesn't seem like there's any type of master plan consideration at all when it comes to this issue about the traffic congestion. And it would seem to me that the most sensible thing to help with that would be to encourage the use of smaller uh, vehicles like bikes. But there, it, are you familiar with the disaster they did with Huntington Avenue between um, Mass Ave and up to the hospital district at Tremont Street where they eliminated all of the um, parking and made it and added an extra lane and actually cut the size of the sidewalks back so that even walking now is difficult in that area of Huntington Avenue. I mean, this just seems crazy. I, I don't know much about that project in general. So where is it? Huntington Ave? Between Mass Ave and Tremont Street, right at the corner where the Brigham is up at the, uh, um, I guess I would, I'm not sure Brock's, I'm not sure what the green line stop is there on the okay. E line. But it, it just seems like, and now with all the building that's going on over in the Fenway area where it seems like, you know, under the Menino administration, it was just like, you want to build a 12-story building? Sold. You want to add another one? Sold. Yet, with no consideration of what that is going to do, the amount of increased traffic that it's adding to anywhere in the city. I mean, if anybody like it or not, the city is only so big. And with all this extra buildings they keep adding, you know, they keep adding and building and building and building, but there seems to be no consideration to, yeah, you still got a single lane of traffic in each direction on that part of Boylston Street, and nothing is going to change that. Right. Increasing the population, people getting in and out, but without much regard to the, the fact that there's a finite amount of travel space. Right. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it, it's exasperating to see this, and, you know, it makes it no choice to take a car into uh, into Boston if you have to, uh, just because it's stop and stop traffic everywhere once you get in town. And there's uh, the whole thing about bike lanes and all that is so piecemeal. Personally, I wouldn't use bike lanes either. I know, Bradley, you're saying, well, it's there, use it. But the way people drive in Boston, I've seen them <laughs> from Boston all the way up to Salem, where um, a driver will look at that and say, I'm going to slide down the bike lane just to uh, get ahead of the traffic. Yeah. And, you know, and crowd out. So That's what like, we need enforcement for. I mean, something like that should be serious offense. Yeah. But, you know, Boston has, you know, Massachusetts rather has that representation warranted for having the worst drivers probably in the nation. And I don't see anything that's going to ever change that. Thanks, Rick. I mean, they should do the right thing, but they don't. Right. I feel you. Thanks, Rick. Let's go to Tom in Medford. Tom, say hi to Brendan Kearney. Hi, Brendan. How are you? Hey, Tom. Hey, I'm all for bikes, and I, I ride one myself. But I lived in Cam- I grew up in Medford, but I, live in, I lived in Cambridge for 20 years. 
And when they implemented all those lanes and everything, you know, these roads were originally compact. Yes. They're narrow to begin with. And, you know, to, to do a proper bike lane, you're going to have to widen the street. I would like to see a Jersey barrier. Well, you know, well, they do that quite a bit. From the bike. Hey, Tom, have you seen uh, Western Ave? The the redesign they did for that in be, in between I, I Central Square that. and the river. Yes. What what do you think of that? Um, it's doable. Good. Yeah. So rather what I, I like that. Yeah. So that but section I, it's I, a it's a one way two lanes in one direction, and then they have a bike lane that's kind of up on the sidewalk, but it's of a different material. Yeah, I, yeah. Yes. And Excellent. what they did on what they did on Brattle Street was great. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can see those kind of moves. If you have more, if you have room to do it, and you can make a street one way instead of two ways. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Some of the concern about switching streets to one way, if if they're still yeah. wide, is that you actually encourage people to drive faster when there's a little bit of friction you know with people going in the two different directions it actually makes drivers a little more uncomfortable which makes them drive a little more cautiously is is the theory hey tom thanks that's a great call i have four minutes okay scooters there are pilot programs in a couple towns How, how does that impact you and what you do does yeah, I mean, in, are you involved with the uh, feedback to the communities on it or anything? Since they're only really in Brookline right now, yeah, um, there was a pilot program that was going to be launching in Salem. I don't know if it took off or not. I wonder what happens when you. I saw one in Brighton over by Great Scott. Mm. If you, I wonder what happens when they leave Brookline and drop it off in some other town. What's the, they have I, to go? I think it pick it up. I, they have to go pick it up, and you are not technically allowed to. Start, up, start a it up ride, or, or so the, the theory goes. Here's my deal. I told you, I'll, I'll tell it to everybody. I started out not liking it, not liking them at all because I felt it was the use of my public space for a business to make money, just throwing their product all over the place, just willy-nilly. Here, here we're going to rent our stuff, pick it up, pay for it, and then just toss it wherever you want, 200 of them, in parks and stuff along the Muddy River. It bummed me out. Then I, I talked to one of the uh, select persons in Brookline and kind of came to a compromise in my mind and with her. You know, it's the it's the business model I have the problem with, not the scooters themselves. If they would not, if there would be a fine for, uh, if a person would be fined for just leaving it somewhere and not in a docking station, mm. then I could kind of live with that. I, I don't mind seeing them around. I don't mind seeing them go by. I actually love, love, love the small, silent footprint. They're small and they're silent. I like them better than bikes. They're my new favorite thing as long as they're not on the sidewalk and not thrown around. So what do you, you must have thoughts or concerns about the, about them. You have about 60 seconds. Yeah, I mean, Walk Boston, we definitely think that sidewalks should be reserved for people walking or Yay. using wheelchairs. Um, but if people using these devices are on the sidewalk, it's likely the street's unsafe, and we need to fix that street. Like, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. 
You give too much credit to the people. You figure if they're on the sidewalk, the street's <laughs> unsafe. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. They're just rude. Well, then, you know what? It's on the scooter companies to continually tell people because every single time they want to hire that scooter, they have to right. open the app. So it should be saying, right. don't ride this on the sidewalk. I think that the public needs to do what I did the other day. And I had my vest on. The guy thought I was an official. I pointed <laughs> at the bike lane. They both, two of them, got off the sidewalk. Oh, sorry, sorry. I just pointed at the bike lane. Folks, you don't need to say anything. Just if there's a bike lane and there's people on the sidewalk, just point. <laughs> Thank you. The time went so quickly. We had many calls. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me. How can people contact you if they have a further beef? Uh, you can look us up on the website, walkboston.org, or tweet at us, at walkboston, or give us a call, 617-367-9255. I'm glad you're there. We pedestrians would be all alone and losing badly if it wasn't for Walk Boston. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Take care. Brendan Kearney. If you only heard part of this and want to share it, there's the podcast, the Jay Talking Podcast. WBZ, and we'll we'll get into the rest of the night, have a little fun after this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.